You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Welcome to this Friday guest episode. I'm recording this the morning after this week's full moon. Whoa, all the energy of the super full moon. It has really got me this week. It just feels like so much shedding, lots of releasing, lots of releasing of old family stories, ancestral stories. Yeah, it's been a big, big week and a week where we're really being asked to look at ourselves and take action and step into our fire and be seen and be heard. Yeah, if you haven't had a listen to Wednesday's episode that got released, it's a channeled message from spirit. It's a call to action for the intuitive community. Yeah, it came through um, over last weekend and wanted to do something a bit different. And yeah, this is what came through. So if you haven't had a listen yet, I encourage you to go and have a listen. It's like 15 minutes long and yeah, it's all about how as intuitives, how can we take action? How can we release our fears? How can we lead and be a change in the world of what the world needs? Yeah, go and have a listen. I really enjoyed what came through and enjoyed sharing it with you. I've been getting big downloads to rest and recharge and create space and get into nature. So this weekend, I'm heading to a little island off of Vancouver, going to go spend three days off the grid, just chilling and being and reading and receiving. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a couple of days of reflection. So I'm really looking forward to that. So I want to introduce this week's guest. On the podcast, we have Saar de Simone. He is awesome. I love this episode. He has the most insane energy. It's so bold and fun and joyful and his happiness just comes through in this episode. And This episode is about discovering your happiness and the language of the heart. And I love how he describes his journey and how he's battled with his depression, um, anxiety, addictions to be where he is today and what he's sharing. And we also talked about ancestor stories and how generational family trauma can really impact us. And yeah, it was a really in-depth conversation and I'm excited to share it with you. So enjoy listening to this episode with Saar. 
I have just re-listened to the episode myself before recording this intro and so I feel all buzzed and energized and really lit up because Sar's energy just transmutes through his voice and it really impacts you as it kind of enters your ears and through your body and yeah so I feel full of joy full of fun and yeah I'm going to be bringing that into the weekend and into my life more yeah he talks about finding joy and having more fun and how it's amazing what we can do when we create that for ourselves so yeah I'm gonna go and do that now in fact after recording this I'm gonna go stick some music on and I'm gonna have a dance around my apartment that is what is going to happen Enjoy this episode with Saar and uh, we'll be back next week and next Wednesday for another episode of So You Think You're Intuitive. Have a great weekend. Hi Saar, welcome to So You Think You're Intuitive. Hi. (laughs) So awesome to have you on as a guest. Thank you so much. I'm honored and really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I've been watching, I was watching your stories um, about your journey in India and your trip to India, and I've been meaning to reach out and have you on the show. And then when I was seeing you on your Indian adventure and your your delving deep, and I was like, okay, we've got to get Sar on the show. I really want him to talk about his journey to connect to his intuition. And because I know that you've been on this very deep transformational journey through meditation and your journey to get you to where you are today yes really beautiful and wild and messy and fun journey that's uh i started in 2012 on the winter of 2012 it's when it all sort of begun for me oh i love the fact that you you mentioned 2012 because i have an episode actually all about our reactivation and how for many of us in 2012 this is when it began this is when it happened and how the energy around that everyone was talking about it being the end of the world and 2012 and all the 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 mystery around 2012 but looking back for so many of us we started to have these reactivations and getting back to the core of who we are and what we're about in 2012 oh my god literally it was and i was i was forced to look you know, forced into, uh, it wasn't an actual choice, you know, it was, I had started a company called uh, Bullet Magazine when I was 23. And in the winter of 2012, it was actually November of 2012, I decided to leave the magazine. And um, many things came into the, into play. Uh, you know, I had uh, some disagreements with my business partners and investors. And the, the decision was a really hard and, 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 and sad and full of betrayal. And, anxiety and depression field, uh, but it was the best thing I've ever done, um, which was then set me off to really look inside, you know, before I had left uh, the magazine, I was, you know, showing up to work, you know, crumbling inside, so anxious, so depressed, and I would still show up. And as, as the boss of a team of almost 50 people, I would still expect everyone else to show up as well, which was also so, um, such a toxic environment to work in. But you know, nobody was talking about mental health back then around my circle. Mm. Nobody was talking about, everyone was just talking about numbing out. You know, you feel this way, you have a drink. You feel this way, you take this, you do that, you buy this, you go here. No one was talking about, hey, take a break, Sa. Why don't we just go home and rest, you know? So the anxiety and depression that I had been experiencing for, 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 me, for a long time 
bubbled up to the surface when I left the magazine. And then I decided to slowly but surely find the way back into my heart. Wow. Powerful stuff. And when you're talking about going back to your heart, for you, is that what intuition's all about? Is that what you define as, as, as being connected to intuition? Yes, love, precisely. Through my, my studies of, of Tibetan Buddhism and my own personal experience, you know, um, it's, it's become very clear to me in, uh, in what I share with my students and clients it's that once you once you are able to to establish a concentrated mind, a clear mind, a stable mind, a sharp mind, you can then listen to the language of the heart. And it was always talking to me. But it was talking to me like this, hey, sa, hi. And then when I started to do the work to you know get the mind to a stable place, get the mind to a place of 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 inner stability enough that I wasn't being taken by every thought, every memory, every stimuli that was coming in. I was able to stay in a place of equanimity and, and inner strength and inner courage to then listen to the, to the voice that was filled with love and compassion and possibility and creativity and adventure and spontaneity, which is what I call the voice of intuition. You know, for your vocabulary, then for me will be um, the, vo- the, the language of the heart, listening to your heart. The power of the heart. And I love that because I always love to share that it is about listening to the intuitive heart. It's not the, the, we need to be listening to our heart versus the mind and the ego and the thoughts that run and actually the knowledge and the power and of who we are exists in the heart space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Tibetan Buddhism, the, there's something so beautiful that you might have seen people doing monastics or lay people doing uh, you put both hands in prayer position in, on top of your head and you say, ah, which is like a blessing to the, to the body. And you put your both hands in front of your throat and it's, uh, excuse me, it's oh, ah, home. And oh is in front of the throat and home is in front of the, the heart. And this is where they say it's a blessing to the mind. You know, the most subtle mind is where we have access to then the heart. I love it. That's so beautiful. I'm going to. I want to, I'm going to stop bringing that in. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Powerful. And for you with the anxiety and, and the depression that was coming in and that acting as like, a, okay, I need to change this. I need to, I need to shift this. I need to like get back onto a level playing field. Mm-hmm. What did, what did you bring in to make that happen? How, what were the shifts and the transformations, those light bulb moments where it was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Okay, so thank you so much for this beautiful question. You know, when I, I had, when I left the magazine, I went to Berlin, actually. And uh, I went to Switzerland. And then in Berlin, I met a group of people who were talking about, uh, you know, transformation, swimming, swimming in sacred rivers, drinking entheogenic medicine, inner healing, world peace, all these things. And I was like, what are you, what is all this? You're all weird, you know? Mm. Uh, and nothing was landing for me at that point. I was like, this is so strange, but something was speaking my interest, you know? And so I didn't know that later on this conversation was actually going to be so big for me. I, uh, I leave, I, I go out for a night of partying at Bergheim in this club. It was December 21st, 2012, the exact day that the world was, you know, technically supposed to end through the Mayan calendar, I think. Yeah, solstice. Yeah, so I went out into you know, and to this 
epic wild night. And then, then the next morning I was on a train to Amsterdam. And then in Amsterdam, I remember riding around on my bicycle, still hungover at that point uh, from the night before and seeing a Buddhist tanka, which is like a Buddhist tantric painting of the cycle of death and rebirth. And, and I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. I, I stood in front of it and looked at it for a while and something really uh, a seed was planted in my mind, or I guess I should say a seed was reawakened in my mind, uh, body, heart, garden. And um, so then I move, I, I come back from the trip. I come to New York I get rid of everything. I moved to Florida to this little beach um, house. And I start to, um, to write about, you know, transformation and healing and meditation and yoga and plant-based lifestyle. But from a very sort of like snarky, snobby point of view, because I was still like experiencing all these, you know, waves of real, uh, you know, sadness and, and debilitating uh, states of mind. Um, and then another, you know, really wild uh, business thing happened where I was the platform that I was, we were riding under me and my brother, um, this uh, tech giant says, hey, I want this name. Otherwise, we're going to go into court. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So what these people have been saying that the quality of mind is dictating the quality of your life and vice versa. I really have to like really look inside and really do this work. So that's when I decided to actually go off to where I knew that some people had answers. And that's when I went to India, Nepal, Indonesia, Thailand. And I spent, uh, you know, it was from almost two and a half years. It was about almost a full year of just being in India, ashram hopping, monastery hopping, and really seeking these teachers and seeking this wisdom. And it was during a 30-day silent meditation retreat in Nepal that it all uh, came to the surface. Like all of the old ways that I've been like treating myself and treating other people, all the, the you know, all the, the shame and the guilt and the insecurities and the fears and the scarcity, it all bubbled up to the very you know, forefront of the mind. And I, there was no other way besides to look at it. Uh, but thankfully, I was in a very conducive environment to process things out of my system, to change my relationship with these things, with these narratives with, that had been like guiding my life. And throughout this process, you know, coming back, I've been able to, uh, it's almost like what I like to tell my students and clients. It's like, almost like you're looking at, uh, you can close this book of all the, the, the ways you've been hurt and you've hurt other people and you can close that book and put it on the shelf and uh, as reference, you know, and not the book you're continuously writing on anymore. Um, so the tools that have helped me massively, it was, you know, changing how I ate. It was moving my body. It was relearning how to breathe because we totally forgot the power of the breath, uh, training the mind with meditation and um, finding ways to, to be of service you know, laughter, joy, community, dance. These are some of the, you know, some of the main tools for me to have come out of the really dark place that I was in. Yeah. And having fun and dancing and singing and having fun times with friends. And we forget that sometimes we, th we think it's the work that we've got to be doing versus no, no, no. It's actually, let's bring in the fun. So true, my love. And honestly, like I'm, I'm, uh, starting to write my second book now and it's exactly about this journey how when I was you know living in monasteries and ashrams for those years I had become ultra spiritual and I like to sort of make fun of, of this terminology because I was trying to be 
you know, super zen out, super quiet, eating very minimal, you know, not having access to bliss, not really laughing, not being loud, not dancing, like really. And I thought, bare feet, and, and and just I was like, wow, this is. I I, find, I think I'm I think I'm really becoming spiritual. To only later find out that that wasn't really the path, you know, that I had uh, I had started to spiritually bypass my best qualities, which was to give people bliss, to remind people of love, to remind people to have fun. Of course, from a, from a, 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 a conscious uh, place where we're not harming anybody, we're actually benefiting people. Yeah, and the power of fun. And I love the fact that you, it was interesting when you were talking about this, I kept getting this message of like, it's that whole like reactivating and finding your inner fun and that whole, yeah, you can, you can look for, the teachers for guidance but sometimes it's that own inner place of joy that you've got to find a way to access or reaccess so that you can bring that into your life yeah i mean and this has been one of the you know the most transform- transformative uh parts of the practice was reconnecting to bliss and knowing that the buddha didn't teach suffering he taught the path towards happiness but first you got to understand why we suffer and you know, what suffering is, and then you get to know the path towards happiness and following these, you know, these steps, you really get to reconnect to your heart, to the language of the heart, which is, you know, filled with bliss and compassion and potential and creativity. And I, I think so much of the of the, the work that I've done, it was to see how how much of like my family's unresolved trauma had been passed down to me. You know, mm. I just did this uh, TEDx talk. Uh, a few months ago about uh, generational trauma and how to graduate from family trauma because so much of the way I had been operating, so much of the the way I had been seeing myself and seeing the world was, it was because of the way that my grandmother uh, suffered and then my mother suffered. And then I was just, you know, uh, reinforcing these traumatic states of mind and these traumatic uh, 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 thought patterns and feeling patterns and, and actions to only later see that like, holy shit, I have to take agency of my life and reconnect to free will, which is where that bliss comes from. And knowing that unless we are accessing the heart language, we are an autopilot. We're reliving each day someone else's unresolved trauma. Yeah. And, you know, living on autopilot, which we all regularly do where we, you know, we can go through life just being like, okay, yeah, this is what I do. And suddenly, you know, time disappears and you're you're not accessing that bliss. Yes, yes, yes. Never forgetting this, you know, like, like, I think it's been such a big thing when I started to see all the ways that like my grandmother committed suicide, right? And she she killed herself. Part of the story was that because she had a son that he was brown skinned and he she had to virtually give him away because my grandfather didn't like because he was brown skinned. So I think the trauma, the story, this is a story that I was told, right? And it was it connected with me so much because I, I grew up feeling really out of place in my family because everyone's light skinned and I'm the darker one. So the, the story that was passed down was that grandma had to virtually give away her first child and then he died of a skin disease when he was 18 years old because of how people saw him based on his skin color um and and the way that they treated him was they mistreated him because he was brown and then when she committed suicide my mom was only 10 years old and then my mom's story that was add grandma's suicide 
to my to uh, my mom's genetic makeup, and then growing up without parents, passing down to me, it was the it was a shitstorm that was given to me, you know. And the autopilot that I was living in was based on this shitstorm. And we yeah. really have to get to know what's in our family tree, you know. Yeah, and have the confidence to ask our families, like, what is the stories? No, what are you know? What are the true stories? Not the fake family stories. Like, what, yes. give us the hard facts. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that. What are the true facts? That is so true. And and honestly, like, and some people won't have the access to do that. But so I just, if you're listening and you don't have access to asking your family because they're not alive or, um, or whatever other uh, adopted or, be, um, I I just invite you to just know that a lot of the ways that you may be feeling, you know, just this longing, this guilt, this shame, this constant insecurity and fear, you know, these might be things that have been passed down to you that have been, you know, tainted and permeated your genetic makeup that you don't have to associate your story with that. That's powerful, Saw. People are really going to, yeah, that's going to hit a lot of hearts. Because I only found this out when I was deep in meditation in Nepal. And we don't have to go to the Himalayas to seek enlightenment. That story is, I mean, I, I live for that look still. It's very powerful for me. But for my students and clients, I always tell them, like, guys, we can become enlightened right here in New York City. You know what I mean? Right here in your mat, in the East Village. You don't have to go out there. Just become aware of all the ways that um, you're you're hooked into the autopilot and you're being, you're, you're, your untrained mind is completely taking you for a spin. Yeah. And telling you and shit, shit talking you. Yes. Gangster you around, you know? Yeah. And by you, it's, and it's so beautiful, Sarah, because by you acknowledging, you know, your family lineage and your family stories and, and everything that you're experiencing, by you doing the healing now, you're also healing your grandmother, your mom, your, um, Oof. It's all that family line is just getting healed as you're doing the work. That time isn't, you know, it goes back because there's no such thing as the time. So you're doing the healing and you're healing their stories. Mm, full body chills right now, honey. Full body chills. My nervous system is like, yes, truth. Yeah. <laughs> We're healing backwards yeah. and forwards and, you know, everyone that's to come. It's, it's what I said. Um, and I continue to say, we're stopping the cycle of harm. We're actually taking agency and we're stopping the cycle of harm, the self-harm, the outward harm. We're actually choosing to forgive ourselves and forgive others so much so that we are, you know, choosing the path towards happiness and, and freedom and, and inner strength and, 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 you know, living from the heart. But it will take all of us to actually just say, you know what, I'm tired of feeling like shit. I'm tired. I'm tired of believing these stories. I'm tired of, of believing that this is who I am or the stories that I've been told about, about who I am. I believe, believe in them. I am ready to reclaim my, reclaim agency of my life, reclaim agency of my heart, you know, but it takes the daily discipline and you put in as much discipline as you put in fun. And then you have the magic sauce, uh, for a really beautiful life in foundation of abundance. Hell yes. I've done for some magic sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Question I wanted to ask you around within all of this, around being sober and being in touch with our feelings so that we can connect to this heart space and find this joy. Do you feel like that's part of the journey? Yes, my love. I, um, I'm going to be two years sober in May. 
So in 2012, I left cocaine behind. And in, in the it's almost going to be two years that I left pot and alcohol behind. And I tell this, you know, to, to everyone across the board, if you want to create a, an impact in the world that is of benefit, there is a benefit to all sentient beings. If you want to create an impact in the world that can help other people see themselves in a new way, you really do need to look at your cravings, look at your impulses, your, your, your attachments, your cravings. And a lot of the way that we, that we resolve them is by seeking alcohol and drugs and food and sex. And, you know, the, and so for me, it was really the, 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 the pot and the alcohol later. It was to see that like, I was just self-soothing, self-medicating with these external things. When I really realized through the work that I could self-soothe and self-medicate with my breath, with my mind, with a concentrated mind, you know, a concentrated mind is a happy mind. So having access to happy states of mind, having access to the heart because of, of, of being sober. And then the body's energized. So you can move and dance and you have energy for hours. You know, I know so many people across the board that are sick, physically sick on a, on a, on a monthly basis. And they think that's normal. And they go like, oh, no, it's the seasons. And we live in New York City, so the seasons are very strong here. And people are like, no, it's the season. It's this. And I'm like, no, boo-boo. I haven't been sick in years. Like, you're just mm-hmm. lying to yourself. You're allowing the societal conditioning to permeate your mind. That to, And then you have the flu shot. And then you have this shot. And then you have this thing. And then this sick season. And it's like, no, you don't have like the you, you don't have to abide and and, and, and uh, by these societal uh, norms, yeah. you know, exactly. like it's so, we really ha- get to redesign our lives by having a clear mind and, and an energized body comes from choosing to not intoxicate the body, you know, and when we look at alcohol, the way it impacts the gut, you know, the guts where we produce the enteric nervous system is where we produce 90% of the, of the serotonin in the body. I mean, we think of serotonin as a neurochemical, right? So most people associate neurochemistry to the brain, uh, but it's actually produced in, in the gut. And the gut, I didn't know that. Yeah. And the gut's sending 10 times more messages to the brain than the brain to the gut. And serotonin is one of the four main happy hormones, right? So if you want to reach total well-being and optimal mental health, we really have to be looking at this. At the at how we treat our guts, you know, because this gut brain connection is pivotal. So we're looking at the way when we drink and when we eat like shit, and we're trying to have a spiritual practice. We're trying to to use your vocabulary, access our intuition, and my vocabulary is to access the heart. We're then having to look at you know the way we talk, the way our relationship to food, our relationship to alcohol, you know, our relationship to sugar. All these ways they're actually inflaming the gut. An inflamed gut is an inflamed mind. That's how I like to say it. And an inflamed mind, you're just going to be looking out, constantly looking out for threats, judging yourself, judging other people, not trusting other people, not trusting yourself, insecure, scarcity mindset. It, it all, it's all, we tend to fragment our, our parts, right? But the truth is you're not eating for your taste buds. You're not just drinking to get off in your mind. You're impacting your whole system. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And you, we forget that it's, it's not just that you're, you're eating for fuel, you're eating to contribute to your emotional, physical, spiritual body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a way, 
You know, honestly, the place where I was in 2013, I was in a really dark place. You know, I was being visited by suicidal ideations pretty frequently. Um, So I really had to change a lot about my lifestyle. And it requires a little bit of discipline and 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 community and support you know and something i say to 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 a lot of people um often is we need a healing ally we need a healing buddy you know and scientific research shows that we we do need at least one person who whose nervous system is is fire enough and i don't mean fire like they're anxious but a fire i mean like you know stable and clear and grounded enough so our nervous system can be regulated by theirs you know and for me it was my sister she would literally, in those really dark states of mind that I, we would set up to have breakfast, and she would, she knew that whatever words she would say would be triggering and would put me off, and I would have to run back to bed. And so she wouldn't say anything. Just the quality of her nervousness, the way she looked at me, it gave me the reminders that I needed, that I was, that I'm, I'm okay, that I'm safe, you know. And then later, you realize that like. Um, the quality of our nervous system and the quality of our breath and our relationship to our breath and the quality of our mind when we enter into a room has the potential of, of literally shifting the script for everybody in that room. Literally is that magical that we can be for each other, that we really have the potential to be of benefit to all sentient beings, you know, consciously or unconsciously, that when we are in true alignment of body, speech, and mind, or I, what I like to call it, um, body, uh, mind, and heart in total alignment, we went into a room and we can literally invite people to, to, to meet themselves at their heart and then magic happens. Yeah. Lead, lead other, lead yourself and then you can help and lead others to that point too. Mm-hmm. Which is, brings me on to my next question, actually. It's a great segue in around how you have such a, f- so like all the learning that you do and how you're you're always learning and growing and evolving and once you've learned something it it just feels like you the message that I'm getting from from you and the energy is that you like to go and master something else or you go to you like to go and delve deeper into something else and for you um what is that that self-mastery and that looking and and always learning and receiving knowledge what's that about for you Oh, what a beautiful question. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, when you are in, uh, in total connection with your heart, you realize that the curiosity is a really, you know, big part of that language of that, that revolution of the heart is, is, you know, curiosity can set us free. And, you know, it's been a, a really beautiful journey for me because I was like doing these spiritual practices. I was like meditating, breathing, reading the scriptures, you know, chanting, prostrating, doing all these things, but not really knowing what the fuck was going on chemically or and, and physiologically for me. And then I went off and started studying contemplative psychotherapy to like know through the lens of neuroscience how it supports all these practices that have been, uh, you know, uh, being practiced for thousands of years that were just now coming around in the last two to three decades to have all the scientific research. That's why there's a huge movement of mindfulness and meditation in the world right now. And I'm just so inspired to continue to learn from, you know, these masters that um, have devoted their lives to be of benefit to all sentient beings. You know, in Buddhism, we call them bodhisattvas. Uh, in Tibetan Buddhism, it's the bodhisattva. It's someone who has devoted their lives to to transform their minds and open their hearts to, to serve. And, you know, just being in their presence, 
um, is so healing and there is always something so profound to, to learn because we can only, um, you know, learn something new. And in my, in my, in my view, right. In my perspective, once we've, once I've uh, integrated and embodied and I can actually have, I have lived the experience. This is, I'm talking about specific spiritual literature and, and, and scriptures. Right. And then once I acquire this embodied wisdom, then I, I seek out the next step. And then I'm like, okay, what about this part? What about that part? And I get so much bliss and love and, and healing when I learn something and I embody it and I go off and I share immediately. As soon as I get it, as soon as I have a full body landing and what that is, I go off and I, I, I share. And then I have another piece of the puzzle. And the last thing I've, uh, I did uh, that was so powerful in my in my learning journey. I, I seek out these living masters, right? I mean, there there aren't so many of them alive right now, so I yeah. constantly go off to see where they are. And you know, some of them have a, have a huge following, lots of disciples, and some of them are not. Some of them are, you know, just a few. But I went to see I went to see his home, the Dalai Lama, after visiting these uh, four holy caves, actually five holy caves in four days up in the Himalayas in the Everest region. Wow. And then uh, went to see his only Dalai Lama for uh, a week long of tantric teachings. And um, it was, you know, really transformative to to get this this download from a master. And it's said that we've just being in his presence and seeing his physical form, it's already a huge imprint for the mind, right? It will continue to unravel the mental knots. It will continue to reawaken you to to your mission and to the language of your heart. Um, and some of the things that we've, that he's talked about, it was, um, a wise mentor visualizing your connection to a wise mentor and, uh, chanting these sacred healing sounds to give you access to the qualities of these healing mentors. And it's such a simple, but so profound practice, you know, and something else that another master had shared with me just a few days before we arrived in Bodh Gaya, it was a purification mantra. You know, a mantra that, that purifies the negative, any negative karma they've accumulated in the day. Uh, so now I'm sharing these practices with my students. And um, I find it, you know, that once you land at something, continue to grow and expand. You know, curiosity is literally so healing for the brain at a chemical level. You know, it's it, we have these uh, these patterns that we recognize, the brain recognizes. Um, similarities and then you continue to follow that through and then you have dopamine spike and then your body's so alive and you have so much energy and you feel blissed out to continue your seeking path yeah that's so interesting and when you're talking about this I kept getting this message around how you intuitively learn it's really amazing that you're always being guided but with you with learning it's so intuitively driven of the information and the knowledge and the masters that you're being guided to to pick that the information that you need for that moment that yes of course that you can learn from and then share with others and it's so intuitive you do it so beautifully and, and so intuitively Yes, thank you for that reflection. Ooh, <laughs> and it's been like that, you know, the weirdest things, the most like divinely guided things. Mm. Think about this. Like my dad is, you know, someone who's had like three degrees and all about knowledge and I'm all about wisdom, you know, like, so we're sitting at different sides of the table, all on the same table, but just looking at life through a different lens. Um, and he walked into, into my house in Florida and 
and I was already plotting my trip to India. I was I was gonna go see all these these saints and gurus who were living in the south of India. He's like, no, I think you should go up to the north, the Himalayas, and study Tibetan Buddhism with His Holiness the Dalai Lama. I was like, what the fuck do you know? You know? But something inside of me was like, he knows. Listen, <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. So I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's genius. And you are you're a, you're a, you're a blend of your dad's thirst for knowledge but but you're finding your knowledge in a different way but it's so it's really interesting how that flows through the male lineage of your family yes yes good point yes yeah it's it's deep it's it's really powerful thank you love you're very welcome i want to share some messages with you please (laughs) (laughs) i love to share messages with the guests it's always um guests are always like yes this is awesome i get to have an experience too and come on the podcast and talk yes please (laughs) okay i'm gonna give you some messages um the first thing that keeps coming up is like 2019 for you is about bringing in the relationship like bringing in the romantic partner that you deserve Oh my God, I can't believe it. You're saying this right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it really is, Sar. Like, they're like, there's an energy towards it that you've, you've been shifting and you've been shedding and you've been like healing and healing your heart from the previous relationship, which was, which was so needed. It was like, there's some, but this is now like, your heart is now in this open receiving state where you're ready to bring in the next partner. Mm-hmm. So fucking true. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I've been a serial dater this past couple of weeks, and that's exactly what I've been telling everybody. I'm back to being, you know, a conscious, you know, I'm going to use a word that might be triggering for people, but a conscious slut, you know, someone who's exploring sexuality in a completely new way. Um, but I'm I'm really happy at this place right now that I'm at. So thank you for this uh, reminder from Spirit. I really I'm just I can't wait to share with all my with my my orbit um, that that this is what's coming through. Thank you for that. Yeah, because they're just like, but you. I like the fact that you said you this you're doing it differently this time. There's a different energy to how you've dated in the past of where you are now, and there's a lot more of an energy of like. I'm in control of this or I'm I'm bringing a different type of energy to the table here that I am I'm embodying this in a in a strength and a power way versus previously where there's been a slight like back foot not negative but like disempowering energy to when you've dated in the past. Mhm. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the the message around that and is is bring as you've been talking about in the episode today is is the fun you're realizing that do you know what i create abundance and life and fun i create the abundance and connect true connections with others when i have fun in my life and you've created that with a very powerful group of community and friends and so it's like i need to use the same techniques of how i attracted them into my life to for me to attract my partner Ooh, wow. This is big. Thank you for this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Because in the past, when you've, you've been bringing in the partner, you've got too serious about it. It's always been that there's something serious about it. You've gone into like serious SAR mode. And so this is why you've been doing all the like getting back in tune with 
bringing in the bliss and the fun because that's how you're going to bring in the partner. Mm-hmm. Wow, so true. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. Mm, it's landing so deeply. Full body, yes. Good. Cool. I'm pleased. <laughs> um, the, they're also just saying that this is about attracting someone that is brings the same level and joy of joy and bliss and fun into your life because in the past you've dated really serious people mm-hmm. and there's something around like, yes, you need to find someone that can ground you, that can ground your energy in as well and hold space for that. But this is about you're ready to allow someone in to ground you and support you, but also have fun at the same time. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm actually yeah. going to have a date after this. <laughs> Love it. <Yeah. laughs> uh, a classic. There was one other message that they wanted to share quickly. Yeah. More travel with work this year, like more travel. There's some interesting collaborations that are going to come through from traveling and work and going to countries that are that most people wouldn't go to, but you're going to be going to them. Oh my God. Yes. There's so many things planned before the summer. Like, literally, I think there's like 11 different stops. And, oh, I can't even, this is so good. Yeah. And they're just saying like the work that you're, it's interesting because you're bringing this to, yeah, the the countries or the different places where it wouldn't normally be going to. And so this is, this is part of your gift is that you have, so you have a gift of bringing different communities together from all around the world. And it doesn't matter if they don't speak the same language because the way you emanate your energy and you show up in your heart and you share your love, it means that it transcends the language of all cultures. Oh, full body chills. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that's beautiful. And that's the mission. That's the purpose. That's that's your that's your main gift to share. And that's why it's yeah, it's 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 big and it's your the, the energy is big and it's growing, Sar. Received, 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 received with so much gratitude and heart openness. And thank you so much, bowing. And, and big journey ahead for you this year. It's going to be very special. Thank you. So where can people find you? Where can people find more about you? Where's the best place? And briefly talk about your book as well. Yeah. Where can people get Thank your book? Thank you. Um, so the best place to find me is on Instagram at Sa de Simone. So it's S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. And um, there is where I post um, my events and where I'm at and, you know, things that in my daily things that I'm learning and I'm sharing there too. Uh, things to look forward to is um, in May, I'm going to be in the UK. Um, and then in June, I'm going to be teaching at Kripalo. That's a big retreat there. So it's, it's a six day reclaim your power retreat. And I'm really looking forward to that. I will be teaching that with my sister. And then later in that fall, we're going to be doing a retreat at Kripalo uh, for the queer community. 
and bringing you know queer spirituality to the forefront of a place and um, of such a huge legendary institution. So it will be like a trailblazer pioneering this concept and this wisdom there. And I was, um, you know, I, I wrote my first book in summer of last year. And I'm so thankful that's become a bestseller. The book is called Five Minute Daily Meditations, uh, Instant Wisdom, Clarity, and Calm. You know, if you if you see me on social media, you know that I, I sit for an hour in the morning, uh, but it didn't start there. You know, it started with just five minutes. So here's here's my offering to, to you, to the world, is this book, Five Minute Daily Meditation. And the book is... Uh, has 365 practices for every day of the year. So you just open the book to the day that you buy it and you just start your practice there. Epic. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, my love. What an honor and a joy. And thank you so much for these messages. Wow. I wrote it down. I'm really excited to just (laughs) see them materialize this year. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.